Hello, everybody. Welcome. My name is Janelle Munoz, and you are listening to El Chisme y Mas. Welcome back, or welcome to the podcast if this is your first time here. In this podcast, we have three segments. First one is El Chisme. And that's basically a behind-the-scenes look into my life. The second one is a new segment where I just pick things that are happening in the media and I give you guys my take on it. My third is my topic of discussion where I pick a random topic and I share my knowledge, my wisdom. So for El Cheeseman today, I went on... um. My dog keeps making noise in the background today. I went on a little road trip this past week. I went to Boston Sea? Salton Sea. I keep messing that thing up. Had to look on my notes real quick to see if it was Boston or Salton. But it's Salton Sea and it's like two and a half hours from San Diego and by it's also by like Borrego Springs so we checked out Borrego Springs and Balton Sea and it was really cool if you guys are from San Diego and you guys could go to Borrego Springs I recommend it because um they have really cool like sculptures out there like I guess some guy did it for his daughter and now they're like pretty dope like they have dinosaurs turtles I also went camping Oh, man, it was so cool because I went with my three girlfriends and we basically set up the tent by ourselves. Luckily, one of my friends is like super into this stuff and she knows how to camp, right? Or else we'd be screwed. But that was fun and it was just really cool just to be outdoors. And um, it's the campsite is called Lake Jennings and it's pretty cool because it's like 20 to 50 dollars and you stay there overnight and it just overlooks the lake or overlooks the other side of town and um I really liked it just to be out in nature you literally left at like four o'clock after my other friend got off work and we left at like six in the morning the next day or actually it was like seven o'clock in the morning the next day and it was really cool. I would go back again. We did have a little incident. You could say incident. Yeah. Incident. So our fire wasn't completely out by 11 o'clock. And that is the rules. And then some guy that works there came up to us hella rudely and turned to, told us to turn off the fire. But we didn't know that there was water right like next to our campsite so i go all the way to the top and refill this water and by the time i come back like i i put the water in a bucket and by the time i come back it's like hardly no water because it spills all over because it's so far like because we had a, i was gonna go get the water from the bathrooms and then later they we find out that there's a there's a faucet right there that takes out water anyways it, like the whole experience was really cool and I would definitely go back especially during like sunset was just amazing except the guy really just like annoyed us but it's okay he was probably having a bad day and he took it out on us guys I officially finished a money heist <laughs> I cannot deal with the greatness of the show I am talking greatness I said it last week and I will say it again. You guys have to watch it. It's so good. I've 
cried. I was on the floor with just so much suspense and like covering my ears because I didn't want to hear some parts because no, because it's super, super, uh, like, uh, intense and uh, just a lot of intenseness just like freaks me out. Even if it's like in shows, like it still freaks me out. (laughs) I don't want to deal with it all the time, but, but it's one of the best shows. Like I said, I, can't wait until part five even part six come out because like the way it ends in part four is there's still more there's still more that's gonna happen more is coming i hope (laughs) i'm also watching um season three of housewives of atlanta season two is just not it for me i thought it was um a little slow so i literally fast forward to the reunion i did that also with real housewives of new jersey so yeah but season three is getting actually it's getting pretty good i love cynthia bailey she is so pretty yeah so i you know just watching it as i do things around the house it's a good show to watch i also finished reading my 11th book this week which is where the crowd dogs sing or is it where the crowd dad sing i think it's where the crowd dog sings it's like a super popular book has a bunch of reviews on amazon and i have been wanting to read it for so long so finally i did and the reason why it took me so long to read it is because my mom i let my mom borrow it and my mom is just not a book warm like me she likes books and like I have been making her read books um but she's not one to like spend hours on reading I think that's too like too calm for her my mom is like the energizer bunny no lie so she finally read it and she finally gave it back to me and I finished it and yeah I understand why so many people love this book it was so good and i loved it (laughs) um the ending was a surprise the whole like book i would say is a novel and you guys know that the author is actually like a biologist which i found really um interesting i'm like wow like it just goes to show you that just because you get a major in something you can always like it doesn't mean always mean you have to stick to that like she's a biologist but then she went on to becoming a novelist like that's so dope and yeah if you guys haven't read where the crawd dads sing it's on amazon and i would purchase it my countdown is on and popping for me to start school so i have about two and a half weeks until i start school so this weekend i plan to Spend the rest of my days in freedom, as I like to call it, with my boyfriend. And I'm going to go to Las Vegas because, like, I mentioned it before on the podcast, but he lives there. And I will be living, leaving, leaving this weekend. So I'm moving right along to the new segment, which is my second segment to the podcast. I really got to think a different name, but for now, it's just going to be called the new segment. <laughs> In this week's news, Mr. Kanye West made some headlines. 
During his presidential campaign rally in South Carolina, he started yelling out radical things. He was on stage crying because he was hurt that allegedly him and his wife were going to abort their first child north back in 2013. He said, and I quote, my mom saved my life. My dad wanted to abort me. There would be no Kanye West because my dad was too busy. And then he said, I quote, Harriet Tubman never actually freed the slaves. She just had the slaves go work for other white people. For those of you who don't know, Harriet Tubman was a key to the success of the Underground Railroad, which feed, which freed quite a few slaves. I, I don't know exact numbers. So I don't want to say something, but it freed slaves from the south and into the north or into Canada. And despite his infamous speech in South Carolina, he actually failed to get um, any, like, failed to get his name on the ballot in the state. And they didn't get the right signatures from him that required him to run for president. Listen, I thought he was done last week, like I mentioned on the podcast. I thought he was done running in the presidential campaign. But I guess he wasn't (laughs) done. And he made, he did this rally. I, I don't know. But. And he made headlines like he always does, and now we're here talking about it. And honestly, during the rally, he looked hurt. He's probably going through some things, and people are blaming Kim, his wife, and saying, why can't she help him? Like, she's not there enough for him. And I think when you're in a place like that, there's no one that can help Kanye like Kanye can help himself. You know, and Kim has spoke about it. She has said, you know, my husband has bipolar issues and we deal with it the best we can. And that's that. We've seen Kanye do like some crazy or say some crazy things and we're like, oh my God. But this time I felt like he's just, I don't want to say it, but I feel like He's in a bigger hole. And what I mean by that is he said some things on Twitter and like his rally that are so hurtful to him and his wife and his wife's family. And that to me is not okay. Again, I don't know much about bipolar disorder. I don't really have anyone close to me that has it. So I don't know how it necessarily works or anything like that but bipolar or not there's lines you shouldn't cross and you know I maybe when you have bipolar syndrome you don't know how to stop those lines. like those lines are so blurred you don't know what to say and yeah so I just hope he stops saying things that hurt um the black community um, such as the Harriet Tubman statement, as well as when he said, I think it was a couple years ago when he said that black people, something along the lines that black people chose to be slaves. And that to me is so disrespectful. And there, I know there's no doubt in my mind that this man needs help. So I hope he gets the help he needs. And other news, Beyonce is making a visual album titled black is king this new project is directed and executive produced by beyonce and should be airing on disney plus on july 31st you know just when i thought i didn't need a disney plus account 
something's just been telling me to get it. I re- And I would only get it for like two months and then try to cancel it. And the reason for this is because I'm dying to watch Hamilton. Everyone's been talking about it. And I just I have I've never watched the play and I'm dying to watch it. And now Beyonce's um, Black is King visual album. It's it's considered a visual album. And I love anything Beyonce does. I think this woman is um, so creative and really moving into like a different industry or like not industry because it's still like the, the music, but really moving into more visual stuff. And... I feel like this is going to be a lot like the Lemonade film that she did. So I'm excited how this is going to be different. Because obviously it's going to be different because it's on Disney Plus And I'm sure it's going to have series. So I know she has a bunch of well-known black celebrities that are, you know, prominent members of the community. And... I know she's going to talk about injustice or oppression of blacks in the United States. I'm not sure how it's going to play out, but just by the title, I feel like it's going to have representation of how beautiful black is and just really illuminate that. I, like I said, I don't know. I don't know exactly. No, but I'm guessing this is what she's going to do, but I'm super excited to watch. And let me just say, I love how creative we have become as a society. Like, we're all about videos and vlogs. And I think it's so dope. Even, like, creating a podcast. Like, my a lot of people I know are creating one. And I think it's really cool how we're moving to that direction. Just kind of putting ourselves out in the air and, like, doing things that make us uncomfortable while still trying to create things. Like, it's it's really cool to watch. And I hope we keep moving forward towards this direction of being more visual. Like, I I want to create a YouTube channel so bad. But I want to create, like, a travel YouTube channel or um, a, like, documentary-style YouTube cha- cha- channel. <laughs> Can't mark my words. I don't necessarily know how that will look like. But I, I really want to create one just because I love videos. I love putting things together I could create a story within my visuals I don't know what I'm gonna launch my YouTube and my pictures that I I like my videos that I have planned so that's that so I'm just gonna end this segment with one last thing and it's dealing with the incidents that are happening in Portland in relation to the Black Lives Matter movement protest. According to CNN, for more than 50 days, Portland has been protesting since the death of George Floyd. But during the 4th of July weekend, President Donald Trump administration has dispatched teams of federal agents to the city as part of an effort to guard federal monuments. Ever since the 4th of July weekend, things have been, have been escalating in Portland And a lot of protesters are saying the reason for this is that they believe that the federal forces that were brought in, that they're the ones that are igniting or fueling the anger of the protesters. And just last week, President Donald Trump said that he would be sending law enforcement to other cities that are run by liberal. And this is just a quote by liberal Democrats. Um, how do I feel about this? 
I'm going to be completely honest. I think that if these protests were every day, if they were peaceful, the federal agents should not have been called, should not have been brought there. I also believe that um, the destruction of like landmarks or like looting, I just... I you know I have a I have a hard time saying what I truly believe, and because I don't want it to be taken the wrong way, but at the same time, like I have two sides to the looting. Um, my one side is I can't tell people how they should feel because of the oppression they have experienced. Um, the other one is like I just don't think we should have a destruction of buildings and I could see why maybe the federal agents would be called to prevent that it's it's a very uh interesting viewpoint I don't know I don't really know my stand and I've been like I remember like back in June when this was like height like what should we feel about looting and I just I I really didn't know I, I and I still don't know um I feel like I'm very like in between the fence um I don't know which is right and I don't know which is wrong and I tried really hard to like pick a side but I think this is just my side I'm gonna be on and I'm okay with that I just wish the president was more empathetic towards the black lives movement and I think if all, any other president that we had in the since I've been alive I think there would have been a different outcome with the black lives movement and i 100 percent stand behind that so that's all i'm gonna say about that and that is a that is how i'm gonna end my new segment my next segment is my topic of discussion and since we're talking about talking about black lives movement and this man has been popping up everywhere i could i could say that and his name is James Baldwin. I never heard of him before this. Like, I, I didn't know who he was. But he was born on August 2nd, 1924. He was born in Harlem. And in New York, his mother, Emma Burtis Jones, married a Baptist preacher. Unfortunately, his father was very abusive towards James and his other siblings. And in return, this forced James to spend more time reading books and writing out his feelings and just straight out discover his passion for writing. He also discovered during the time that he was gay. And this unfortunately caused a lot of confusion in his life because, you know, his father was his stepfather was a preacher and he was very involved in the church. Um, he not only dealt with issues about his own insecurity about being gay and constantly being abused by his stepfather, physically abused by his stepfather, but what truly like hurt him, I think, to the core was the racism and police brutality that he experienced in his life in Harlem. Eventually, this is what led him to move to France for a while because he wanted to escape or like move away from if he he thought if he went to France, he would move away from racism. But 
he had a crude awakening there when he went because he found out that there is racism out there too. So he stayed in France for a while, but in the summer of 1957, just as the rise of the civil rights movement was happening in America, he moved back and became very involved in the movement. Baldwin became a well-known novelist, playwriter, poet, and activist. He has written tons of literature during this during his time. Some of the popular ones are The Fire Next Time, No Name in the Street, The Devil Find Work, and along with plenty of other ones. Baldwin died in 1987, and I recently read The Fire Next Time. And let me just say, if you guys have not, I recommend you do. This book is basically a letter that he wrote to his younger nephew, who is also named James. And I just want to talk about some of the eye-opening things that I observed from reading this book. So I would like to say this is kind of like a book review. <laughs> the Fire Next Time is basically him just telling his nephew that there is racism in the U.S. Baldwin, in the letter, basically told his nephew that it's going to be extremely hard for African Americans to gain freedom in the United States and that backs in the country will have to keep fighting and he meant mentioned how like resilience or like resilient black people have been since the start of American history he said and I quote for this is your home my friend for not to be driven from it great men have done great things here and will again and we can make America what America has become it will be hard, James, but you came from sturdy peasant stockmen who picked cotton and damn rivers and built railroads and in the teeth of the most terrifying odds achieved an unassailable and monumental dignity. Two other things that he said that really stood out to me in this book and kind of took me by surprise were one and I quote, white people in this country have quite enough learning to do how to accept and love themselves and each other. And when they have achieved this, which will not be tomorrow and may very well be never, the black problem will no longer exist and no longer be needed. So he says the N word, but I'm not going to use that word, um, obviously. <laughs> I'm going to replace N-word with black, so just to let you guys know. He also continued with saying, Black servants have been smuggling odds and ends out of white homes for generations, and whites have been delighted for them to do so because it is because it is insisting in the superiority of white people. And I just thought these two things were super interesting because... You know, he he says white people have to love themselves. And when they do, that's when freedom will come for blacks. And he also said that whites love the fact that they get robbed by blacks because it just justifies their one stereotype, but to make it right. Well, what they're doing of the oppression of the blacks and. That to me, like, is so crazy. It, it was a crazy thought, so I just wanted to mention it. He then goes on talking about Elijah Muhammad because Muhammad invited Baldwin to eat at his estate. But for those of you who don't know who 
Elijah Muhammad is, because I certainly did not know before I read the book, but he is the religious leader who led the nation of Islam. Muhammad was the mentor to Malcolm X. So Baldwin in the book goes into detail about the nation of Islam. From the book, it states that the nation of Islam believed that God is black and the nation of Islam was able to connect with African-Americans in the U.S. because of the fact of how much oppression and racism they felt. And I feel like the nation of Islam had ways to connect with people in this way and get people to join their movement or their, like, religion. So Baldwin goes to this, like, the way he described it, it's like Elijah Muhammad lives, like, a king <laughs> and he goes to this dinner with him and Muhammad basically tries to persuade Baldwin that the white man is a devil and there needed there needed to be a deconstruction of them and they believe that Allah which is their god I believe never wanted to create the white man so all this being said to him at dinner that they were having at his estates, like I mentioned in the book, it feels like James Baldwin simply did not agree and he had to really say what he meant, but in the most respectful way and said, basically, I can't agree with what you're saying, Mr. Elijah Muhammad. Like, I have white friends. I don't believe that whites, that I don't believe all whites are evil. So everything basically that Elijah Muhammad was saying is basically like you're, you're you're not right, you know. And another thing that he pointed out was the nation of Islam actually believed that six or seven states from the U.S. should be pulled out and have those states just like black states back payment because of slavery. Mohammed also mentioned that blacks do not have flags and every other race does because the black race doesn't necessarily have a flag. You know, they're descendants of Africa and they came to this country but Africa has many countries so you know they don't necessarily blacks don't necessarily have a flag everything that Muhammad and Baldwin talked about was super interesting and it kind of shared two viewpoints one that was super radical into the left and the other one that was kind of like more to the right like I'm still going to be friends with white people I don't think we should hate other human beings and I you know when he as he was leaving he's like I'm basically never going to meet this guy again we probably won't be friends and he wrote and I quote Blacks have been formed by this nation for better or for worse and does not belong to any other, not to Africa and certainly not to Islam. There are many things that Baldwin said and he's gotten extremely popular over the years and I think the reason why is because or I could say I I agree with what a lot of Baldwin was saying. I mean, I don't want the destruction of white people. I don't want hatred towards 
the white community in America. I, I think that's, that's that's that shows hate. And the last thing we need in this country is more hate and more being divided. It shouldn't be minorities versus whites. That's not what we should strive to have in this country. And I can't wait to read more of his stuff. I think he was well beyond his year. And that is why I believe he's still so prominent and so um, so well known today. And we could really look at his philosophy of racism and how to deal with it in the United States. I So I'm going to end the podcast here. And... I really hope everyone goes out and just learns a little more about James Baldwin and still making sure that we're still keeping the Black Lives Movement alive and we still talk about it. We still um, we still sign petitions. We still go to protests if we're able to. I know in San Diego there hasn't been any, but just saying, like still doing our active work to be a part of the Black Lives Movement because it shouldn't end now. It needs to keep going. It needs to keep going and it, people need to keep being reminded and people need to keep being educated. So that is why, um, just if you guys haven't read James Baldwin, The Fire Next Time, please go out and do so. Let's educate ourselves. And I'm going to leave the podcast with a quote from John Lewis, who recently passed away this week. John Lewis also dedicated his life to the civil rights movement and he will be missed in our country. And the quote goes, a democracy cannot thrive where power remains unchecked and justice is reserved for a select few. Ignoring these cries and failing to respond to this movement is simply not an option for peace cannot exist where justice is not served. Thank you guys so much, and I'll see you guys next week.